All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. I was talking with my husband. I just got married. He's 33, and he plays a ton of video games. And I was like, are you ever going to stop playing video games? And he looked at me like I was a crazy person. Like, why would you even ask that? I would love for the characters to grow up, the storylines to grow up, and match a lot of the people who are playing and talk about fears and wants and desires that I have now. Hi, it's Manoush Samarodi, and this is WNYC's New Tech City, where digital gets personal. This is part one of two episodes about video gamers. This first episode is specifically about gamers who are getting older, aren't we all, right? They're growing out of the shoot 'em ups, and they're trying to figure out how to be the first sort of generation of aging video game players. Reporter Casey Miner brings us this story. And so, Casey, what I love about this is that moment with your husband sort of led you on this quest. Yeah. And I was sort of like, oh, so you're, you know, a grown man with a job and this is not something that you're that you see yourself ever growing out of, nor do you see a reason you would want to grow out of it. Like people say to me later, you know, why would I stop reading books or watching movies? So I heard that from a lot of people, but it occurred to me that that's probably going to become more the norm and less like this weird man child phenomenon. And you discovered that it's not just man children set to grow old with games, but there are actually a lot of older lady gamers who are paving the way. I want to start out introducing you to Dina. Been a Californian for most of my life. Lived in Berkeley since 1977. Raised kids here. I taught school. So Dina's 61. She's retired from teaching now, but she's still a busy person. She's a volunteer guide at a local museum, and she was headed out of town on a trip the day that we talked. All this to say, not that 61 is even that old or anything, but the word old would not cross your mind when you talk to her. It's a great time of life. She sounds great. Of course it's a great time of life. But she's thinking about aging, Casey? She is thinking about aging. And part of that is just because she has experienced this kind of series of unfortunate events in her family. So a few years ago, she quit her job to be a full-time caregiver for a couple of people. My brother was very sick. And about eight months after he was diagnosed, my mom was also diagnosed with cancer. So for a while, she was going to a lot of doctor's appointments. And I took my iPad with me everywhere. So when I went to the hospital, when doctors talked about things that were happening to them, I could look it up immediately. And I could do research using medical papers. This was really important for her. She felt steeped in this world where no one gives you information. You have to find it yourself, which means you have to know where to look and you have to know what questions to ask. If you don't stay up with that technology, you can lose touch with a big chunk of the world. 
Manoush, let me tell you something else about Dina, which is that one of the things she does to stay in touch is she plays video games. And she has done this her whole life. She's played Tetris and Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter. Okay, so wait a minute. Street Fighter, for those of us who are not big gamers, this is a game where two characters, they fight each other with fireballs in various settings. Did I get it right, Casey? Yeah, that's the idea. And I do feel like I should say that Street Fighter is not Dina's favorite game, but she is really, really good at it. And I'm pretty competitive, so I like to get high scores. I'm not happy with a low score. <laughs> so I work at it a little bit. High scores are fine and all, but ultimately, Street Fighter doesn't really do anything for her. She mostly thinks it's really boring, like wasted potential to explore and interact with new places. So you're in different settings, but you're not really. I mean, it's like, here we are in the Himalayas with blood spraying all over. Oh, blood spraying all over. I'd be happy to just like actually see the Himalayas. That would be enough for me, I feel like. I think that would actually be enough for Dina, too. I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about. Interacting with people in a new kind of place like the Himalayas, having some kind of experience of the culture, basically using this interactive technology to do something more complex than just fight people in front of international backdrops. And she told me that the game that she really wants actually probably doesn't exist quite yet. She doesn't need it quite yet, but she will. But I could see... You know, when I'm 85 and I can't travel anymore or I can't travel easily, so maybe going to Vietnam would be just like, or going to New Zealand, which is, you know, a 24-hour plane trip. It's like, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't, I wouldn't have the stamina for that kind of a trip. But I'd certainly like to see New Zealand. And, you know, I feel like that time where this is actually possible is coming pretty soon. Oculus Rift, the fancy virtual reality headset that Facebook just bought for a few billion dollars. That's real. And actually, Casey, I tried it out recently, but I used it for kind of a stupid game where you had to punch these sharks that were swimming at you. So way less cool than what Dina is imagining. So I could see that there could be a future where games become something different. And the kind of person that a gamer is becoming is a person more like Dina. Older women are actually one of games' fastest-growing demographics. So big picture, the Entertainment Software Association says close to 60% of Americans play games. More than a third of them are older than 36, and that has been going up over the past few years. So basically, in 10 years, your average player is going to be 46 maybe 56, and she will have been playing games her whole life. So, you know, forget Street Fighter. Yeah, that's old news. She's going to want a game that feels sort of like it's in the same place that she is, in the same mindset where she has grown to become a mature woman or man. Yeah, and this creates an interesting challenge for game developers. Like, how do you make a game that this person wants? So I looked around, and I found some game makers who are starting to try. This game was built exclusively with the idea that we wanted to create a genuine connection between strangers online. That I could get into. That's what's coming up on New Tech City. Hey, by the way, our show last week was about volunteer aid workers who work in their pajamas. Not because they have some kind of fetish or something, but because they work from home. They run emergency operations virtually. This is the office, the bedroom. I always tell people that um, they're all in bed with me. (laughs) Jim from California was pleased to know that these digital volunteers actually exist. He commented at NewTechCity.org, Wow, how interesting. This adds a whole new twist to being a first responder. 
Okay, but there was another listener, someone calling themselves outraged from NYC. He or she took issue that Lisa, the woman in our show, that she's on disability, but she still works 60 hours a week digitally helping disaster victims. Here's what Outraged wrote. How dare she do this on the taxpayer dime? Other commenters leapt to Lisa's defense. It's a whole debate now. You can go weigh in yourself. Sylvie just said, great piece. One of my favorites. Thanks, Sylvie. And all of you commenting and all of you, of course, listening. Anyway, go spend some time with Lisa if you haven't already and decide for yourself. Tech City. I'm your host, Manoush Samarodi, with reporter Casey Miner. And we're delving into the world of gamers. Gamers who are getting older. Yes, it happens to everyone. And these gamers are looking for something else, something more. Casey learned this firsthand. So you're talking to your husband. He's 33. Mm-hmm. He loves video games. Did it make you think that the type of video game he's playing is going to have to change as he changes and ages? I mean, I think it sort of follows. I mean, the kind of game that he liked playing when he was in his 20s was a little bit different, right? He might have had more time to play or he might have had different interests or found different kinds of things entertaining. And like right now, he's really into games where you just explore worlds. And he likes to call it you complete a bunch of menial tasks, which to me sounds super boring. You're like, but like, yeah, he loves do it around world. the house, buddy, if you want to complete some <laughs> yeah. menial tasks. Don't do it virtually. <laughs> Exactly. He's really good at completing menial tasks in in both arenas, I should say. But when I stopped thinking about gaming as this kind of niche thing that was only for 22-year-old boys and started thinking of it more as an art form, which I think is something you'd hear about from a lot of gamers and people who follow gaming, then it, it made more sense to me how you could think of it as a medium that was going to evolve with its audience, kind of something that was going to grow along with the people who consumed it. Well, I think when you say the word video games, a lot of time what people imagine in their head is what they see on the side of a bus. And that's usually a dude stabbing a dude in the face. One person who's trying to make this new kind of game is Robin Haneke. Shooting two dudes or a giant monster in the face. And that's not what we make here. Robin is the co-founder and CEO of a game studio in San Francisco called Phenomena. Fun like F-U-N. It's a young company, just two years old, and Robin and her co-founder, Martin Middleton, started it in part to address some of these bigger life questions that people start to grapple with as they get older. Our fundamental feeling is that as games grow up and the audience of game players grows up, there's a huge opportunity to make things that grow with us. For her, this is personal. She's at a point in her own life where she's looking both forward to her future and back at her past. She's not old, but she's getting older, and it's on her mind. I am just cresting 40, and my life is about friends and family, people sort of making hard choices in their lives as they get a little bit older about how they spend their time and what they engage in. Robin has a history of working on these more experiential, experimental kinds of games. She worked on The Sims, that game where you build little worlds and see how your choices play out, and also a game called Journey, which was this award-winning game from a few years ago that people reacted to in a really unexpected way. This game was 
built exclusively with the idea that we wanted to create a genuine connection between strangers online. It's usually much more competitive and combative. We received so many letters from players saying that they found the game transformative, that they found it surprisingly opening, that they never knew they could experience closeness with a stranger in this way, that they had had a real connection and even, you know, maybe messaged each other on PlayStation Network. So real relationships, real relationships from a game. People got something out of the game they didn't even know they wanted. And by the way, real money was made. Journey broke online sales records for the PlayStation 3. It harkens to the larger question of, do you see the glass half empty or half full? Half empty is making more shooters, making gambling games, whatever. It's the sex sells maxim of video games. That's one way to approach it. The other way is one of possibility, where you say, we've investigated this very small triangle of an entire pie (laughs) of feelings and experiences, we could be making anything. And since people haven't tried it, maybe they'll love it. Casey, I have a question here. As a middle-aged woman, I do think it's totally cool to think about a game encouraging me to engage with aging, death, whatever, But it it doesn't really sound that fun. I mean, why would anyone who's dealing with these hard things in life voluntarily expose themselves to more of it, right? I thought games were about escape. Sure. Fair point. And when I talked with Dina, remember our friend from earlier in the show, she was kind of like, yeah, I see plenty of sad stuff in my life. I don't need sad stuff in my entertainment. But in talking to gamers, and I talked with quite a few for this story, They really were pleasantly surprised when a game took them somewhere emotionally they hadn't expected to go. And this was true even for your more stereotypical players. Uh, Hi, I'm Joey McDaniel. We're in the man room, man cave, playroom, whatever we call it. Uh, Sort of sitting in front of the NES, SNES, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Is that everything? That's everything. (laughs) That's currently plugged in. Casey, I knew we'd have to go to the man cave at some point in this story. A friend coined the term dude mountain. Nice. Nice. Okay, so who have we got here? This is Joey McDaniel, and his friend Dan Lawrence was also there when we talked. The first thing to know about these guys is that they're in their late 30s. They have functional adult (laughs) lives and families, and they are not going to stop playing video games. Why would I stop reading books? Why would I stop watching movies? Why would I stop drinking craft beer? Joey loves all games. He's played so much Super Mario Brothers that he played through a few levels during the interview, like while he was answering my questions. He also talked very enthusiastically about a game called Super Meat Boy. He's this little guy made of nothing but meat, and he runs around this world, and there's bandsaws everywhere. And if you run into a saw made of meat, you die. It's very, very fast. It's very twitch. It's very, very ridiculous. Oh, my God. Super Meat Boy, how have I not known about him before? I kind of am in love with him, actually, but carry on. Honestly, Super Meat Boy aside, (laughs) Joey says he does like character-driven games. He doesn't necessarily seek out emotional experiences, but he's really happy when he has them. For example, he mentioned a game called Gone Home. This is a game that came out just over a year ago and won a ton of awards, and quite a few people brought it up to me. The player is ostensibly someone who's come home from college. Parents are no longer in the house, and you're not really sure why. And you walk around finding notes or diaries or cassette tapes or what happened. 
absolutely within the first hour of that, I wanted to call my family and talk to them because I could and this character can't. Did you? I did. I did. I didn't call the parents in particular, but yeah, definitely called a family member. The emotional experience of these games is making him reflect on his own life. There's an empathy here that isn't what you typically think of. Or, as Robin mentioned, you don't exactly see empathy advertised on the side of a bus. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you did see empathy you know, advertised on the side of a bus, these types of players wouldn't want to play it anyway. They're not looking for these kinds of games, but if they stumble upon them, then... Oh, my goodness. They like them, too. So there is a sort of marketing opportunity here, but it sort of has to be stealth in a way. I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, Joey is exactly this kind of person. You know, he's played games his whole life and he loves the medium, but he has this kind of ambiguous dissatisfaction with what he often sees coming out. I find myself frustrated that we are not further along already. To put it in a totally cliched way, we don't have our Citizen Kane. So I would love for the characters to grow up, the storylines to grow up, uh, and match a lot of the people who are playing and, and talk about fears and wants and desires that I have now beyond a uh, silent marine on Mars shooting monster in the head. This is happening. And I should say here, a lot of the games in that small group are coming from indie developers. The technology has just progressed so far that it's a lot easier for people without big studios behind them to make games and distribute them to a wide audience. A lot of people I talked with thought that was a big reason that games are starting to grow in these interesting ways. So, for example, in the past few years, people have made games about dealing with a family member's cancer, about managing depression. Robin Hunnicky, the game designer we heard from earlier, she can imagine still other kinds of games. I think when you imagine a game about, say, mental illness, it could be scary and it could be hard to play, but it could also be really uplifting in that it creates an understanding of what it really feels like to have a schizophrenic break. You could build a game about those things where the feeling was not one of a loss of control but one of ultimately gaining control. Bottom line, mature players will want mature games, not in the sense of adult content, as she puts it, but in the sense of content for adults. And Robin Hunnicky and Phenomena just announced a new game that they're working on. It's called Luna. It's about this little bird who goes on a journey of transformation and adventure. Casey, I gotta say, you've almost convinced me to try playing some more games here. And... What about you? You didn't tell us. What about you in games, huh? I have been spending a little more time in Dude Mountain watching <laughs> Ryan play Skyrim. I'm not quite there yet. I've never I've never been a big game player of any kind. I don't know why. I just haven't. But I, I do feel even just researching some of these games and hearing about them, some of these more kind of experiential world games, they're very intriguing to me. So I may I may indeed go there. Reporter Casey Miner, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> thank you, Manisha. I enjoyed it as well. If you're a gamer and a grown-up, tell us why. What do these games add to your life? And I really want to know which games out there are nourishing for a more mature mindset. I'm stuck on two dots, as many of you know. That's my thing. But I know there's a lot more really good stuff out there. And I just want to know, is it like for entertainment? 
Is it for learning? Is it for connecting with other players in different parts of the world? What do you get out of it? Hit me up at newtechcity at wnyc.org. We read every single email, I promise. On the next episode of New Tech City, part two of our journey to understanding what gamers want. And I go to Illinois to hang out with some college players. Players who are on video gaming scholarships. Bonafide e-athletes. That's what they call them. The football players just thought we were all babied because we got so much stuff handed to us. But uh, I just laughed. I thought it was funny. Like, I have an ass pillow. They have pads. If you're listening to the end, yes, you... I'm going to take it to mean that you actually like this show and you want us to keep pumping out the episodes. So help me out, all right? There are a lot of easy ways. You could post this episode on your Facebook feed and tag two video game playing friends or parents of video gamers. Or if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever right now, please rate us or leave a little review on iTunes. It makes such a difference for us. It really does. Ain't no game. Thank you so much to Casey Miner for her story this week. This is New Tech City from WNYC. I'm Manish Samarodi. Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, super meat boy aside. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I want to be like Lady Gaga dressed in an all meat outfit while playing super meat boy. Can you arrange that for me, Casey? I will get on it immediately. Thank you.